Yeah, you know what you can get me, Pee Wee? What? El hombre. That was a catastrophe. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that's, that's a new low. Yeah. Roz is better. El hombre. Brought to you by Hunt Services. El hombre. The natural meets Rudy meets... I, I don't even know how to describe it. El hombre. It's time, everybody. Every Tuesday at 5 o'clock, we bring this man in for a conversation. He's with us on the Emerald Queen Casino Sportsbook Hotline. He is the one, the only, El Hombre. Michael Bradley, how are you, sir? What's happening, everybody? I, I'm sure you heard my stellar snapshot there, and in that talking it was about unbelievable, it was it was really just flowing nicely. Uh, but you should get your own variety show. <laughs> we uh, we were talking, and we've talked about this with you a, m- a million times. But you know, Dave and I got into a conversation about what would mm-hmm. have to happen with the NFL that would force you as a fan to go, you know what, I'm just done watching it. And I know you've said over the years, and not to be morbid, and Dave has said it as well that maybe if somebody died on the field. That could have an impact, but I I don't need. We almost saw it with Demar Hamlin last year, and I just don't know yeah. that you know that that changes anybody's fan. Maybe a couple people, but in a way that could be measured. I don't. This, it just keeps growing. It just keeps getting bigger, and I don't know what would turn people away from it. I agree. I mean, it, it would have to be something that would be so unbelievably tone deaf in terms of a social or a uh, political or some kind of action that would make people finally say, I can't do it. But I don't know even if that would work. This is an unbelievable entertainment juggernaut. While everything else is being carved up and split up and churned and turned into streaming and, you know, stuff that people don't want to watch or, or just a few people watch or no one watches in real time, the NFL continues to set records. It's and it's, it's over the broadcast medium. It's not, sure, there's streaming here, and some people, you know, you watch it on your phone when you're not sitting in front of the, 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 uh, the television set, or, you know, Peacock got some viewers for the, the Chiefs-Dolphins game, but it is remarkable that people just continue to turn on Fox and CBS and NBC and ESPN and watch the games the way they've been doing it for 65 years. Yeah, it was disappointing to me that that many people went to the Peacock uh, stream because Most streamed event yeah, ever, and and I missed the entire first half because of uh, uh, a company I won't name. Dave and technologies. There were goons involved. Dave's got a rough relationship with technology. Michael, yeah, it sees me coming. You were trying to watch it on Pigeon, right? (laughs) You know, the funny thing is I called them and and they're like, yeah, you have it for free. And I'm like, how come I can't get on? Well, I don't know. Let's walk through this. Um, (laughs) Anyway. uh, But what if somebody did die because of a a big collision? I'm I'm like, I don't know, morbidly, maybe that would be almost more intriguing to people that you think, man, somebody might actually die. Um, I don't know. I mean, that's very morbid, like I said, but I'm not even sure if that would turn people away. I don't know. I don't know if people would be tuning in to watch that. I mean, because the response to the Hamlet game, I remember watching it and I was just utterly overwhelmed with, with just feeling like, I've never seen anything like this before. Yeah. I felt so uneasy that it was happening during a televised sporting event. But, you know, there would always be a way back. There would always be a tribute and everything. So I, I'm just marveling at how something in real time is happening like this. And and we are we are just continuing to consume this content. And 
you can say that the NBA is is right now just ridiculous because of the offense and the fact that nobody plays a lick of defense and that for six, 40 years or something, we had four 70-point games, and in the last six or seven, we've had four 70-point games. Baseball is getting so beholden to analytics that it's really not that much fun anymore. And, and I hate to say it, but hockey's got a very small viewership. Meanwhile, the NFL, no one's saying, oh, this game is, is awful. Oh, it's, it's deteriorating. Oh, they're not as good as they once were. Every part of it continues to thrive. Yeah, it, it is amazing. Well, on, on that note, what was your takeaway? Let's start, let's start with the, uh, the Lions and the, and the 49ers because a lot, of, uh, a lot of the attention being paid to the fourth down calls of Dan Campbell, who's been that guy all season and, and is very adept. They are one of the most successful teams, if not the most successful in terms of fourth down conversion throughout the season. He's been aggressive. So is it reasonable, Michael, to expect somebody who is that person and has been that person – and looking at it and going, well, they're not in this game, if not for those decisions throughout the season, to then go, yeah, this is normally what I've done for 17, 18 weeks now, but I'm not going to do it now. I'm not going to – I'm going to make a different decision. What, what did you think of his choices? I didn't like them. And, and I'm, I mean, I know that the analytics show that it's not just Dan Campbell but the rest of the NFL that is paying very close attention to this, you know, the going forward on fourth down and doing it way more. I mean, I think back to the 70s. If a team went for it on fourth down, even if it was inside the opponent's 20, this was big news. This was man bites dog level news. So now it's, okay, we get the ball on our 22, it's fourth and three, we're going for it. And there must be not just the, the percentages, there must be evidence that shows further down the line it doesn't hurt you as much as you think it would if the other team scores a touchdown or gets a field goal. Um, what, 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 I, what I always say in games like this, though, the mistakes are magnified. This isn't an October game against the Bears, okay? This is, this is the, the game, the biggest game the franchise has played in 75 years. And when you have the ch- chance to get points, especially when you're bleeding like the Tigers, uh, the Tigers, the Lions were as that second half unfolded, take the field goal, get some points, take the chance to slow down San Francisco, let them think, okay, now it's three, they got three more points. All right, it's going to be harder for us. That's why I thought that they should do it. You're not giving away your identity by trying to, to do something that's a little more smart or conservative. What you're doing is, in the words of Herman Edwards, you're playing to win the game. <laughs> hey, of the four remaining coaches, or now two, but um, I think, you know, as far as Dan Campbell, um, and then you look at Andy Reid and John Harbaugh and Kyle Shanahan, if you're a player, Michael, which one of those would you want to most want to play for and why? You know, I'd, I'd play for, for all of them. Uh, I, and I'm not trying to, to back out of this. Obviously, Dan Campbell's just such a great motivator, and he understands his team, and he gets his team to play so hard for him. But Big Red, he protects his players like nobody else. Hmm. He is somebody who will take the heat, and he did it in Philadelphia, and the Philadelphia media hated him for it. Somebody made a mistake, he'd say, I have to do a better job. The team didn't play well, we got out coached. John Harbaugh is somebody who is, you know, the act of his brother, the way his brother behaves is not an act. Their father, it's not an act. These are coaches that really love football and people sense that and they want to play for them. And then Shanahan just is so darn good that it's kind of like, yeah, I want to be on his team too. So 
there's no secret why these four teams made it as far as they did. They've got coaches that are really good at their jobs, but also great at motivating the players and getting the buy-in. You know, one of the, one of the interesting conversations coming out of this weekend, and it was coming from some of the talking heads, Mike Greenberg, Ryan Clark, uh, Emmanuel Acho, all all anointing Patrick Holmes as the greatest of all time, saying he doesn't need the rings. He's already proven it. It's not a discussion. He's 28 years old. There's no debate. He's he's a brilliant quarterback and will be in the Hall of Fame, and we'll see ultimately what the total is when he's done with his career. But do you feel it's a bit early to be saying that, or do you think, no, that's that's a reasonable thought? No, it's absolutely too early, and that's the problem with the sports media now and why it loses its credibility among people who really pay attention to things. Clickbait or things to get ratings, hot takes, all of that nonsense needs to go away because you lose your, 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 people don't look at you as serious. I quote, uh, what's his name from succession? You are not serious people. Logan Roy. They're not, you can't say somebody who's 28 is the greatest of all time. He's not, he's tremendous. Is he going to get hurt? Is he going to continue? What happens if the chiefs win the Super Bowl and Andy Reid retires and he gets another coach who doesn't set the offense up the same way as him? What happens if Travis Kelsey retires and now he's left with Kadarius Tony and a bunch of chuckleheads as his receivers? So let's let's slow down on this. Let's realize that stuff happened before 2023 and 2024, yeah. even though everybody wants to think that we're living in the greatest of all time of all things. <laughs> and let's 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 let Patrick Mahomes finish his career. Is this not the greatest of well, all times in all things? Yeah. Stop it. Well, and and then the other thing uh, going along with that is how people they've been kind of hated the the Chiefs like they're turning into the Patriots and that now all of a sudden you know and I we're talking about Patrick Mahomes I mean he has so much success I don't know about him and Brady where you would stand on the on the hate meter there but when you look at Bill Belichick and Andy Reid I mean who come on who doesn't like Andy Reid I guess people in Philadelphia no yeah and the people in Philadelphia should like Andy Reid took him to five uh, championships. Uh, NFC championships and a Super Bowl. Okay, he didn't win the Super Bowl. So that means you hate every other coach in the history of Philadelphia Eagles except for Buck Shaw, who won it in 60, and, and uh, Doug Peterson, who won the Super Bowl in uh, 2016 or whatever he did. That's, that's ludicrous. So you're right. Andy Reid is not the Bill Pelichick kind of guy who's sitting there growling, grunch, you know, grumpy and everything like that. Reed is, is a guy who has a gregarious side to him, but he's also an offensive genius, and there's no question about it. He sets up that offense in a way that is so well done, and it plays perfectly to what Mahomes can do. Well, and, and we talked about this earlier as well. The, the Patriots also, in addition to being winners and people get fatigued with teams that win all the time, they gave you reasons to to dislike them by cheating, by you know Spygate yeah. and and everything, uh, Deflate Gate, whatever. It, it, yeah, it just so they it wasn't just hey we're sick of this team and their their head coach is a curmudgeon. It, there were other things that that brought out that hate in the in the sports fans. Yeah, and they're from Boston, so I mean they weren't <laughs> like that either. <laughs> you know, I mean there's there's an, there's an awful lot going on there. Let's just put it let's just put it that way. Forgot the and, whole Boston right. component. Yeah, please, no, yuck. So, and, and, and you know, at that at the time, same time they were winning, everybody else was winning, right? You know, the, the, the Sox won yeah. a bunch, you know, the Celtics won a championship. So you, you get all these 
like 10-year-old kids from Boston who've seen nine championships in their lives. I'm 62. I haven't seen that many. So it's, it's let's, let's you know, re- look at it that way, too. You, uh, people don't like teams that win a lot. They want them knocked off. But it's always good to have a team at that level. It's always fun to have that. That's why it helps when Notre Dame du Lac is good in football because you got a great villain, all right? Good, it's good why you want USC, Texas, Michigan, Ohio State. You want the legacy programs to be good. And you want Kansas City to be good, too, because they've got good players and a good coach. They're not going to be good forever, just like the Golden State Warriors weren't good forever, even though we thought we were, they were going to be. Uh, any of the, the side attractions uh, that you're excited about for the Super Bowl? I mean, I, I know the some of the prop bets get to be pretty funny. I think it's boring, the length of the national anthem, but, you know, some of the things coin like... Coin flip. Yeah, coin flip, Taylor Swift appearances, maybe. Uh, and are you tired of that yet, or are you, you all on board? Are you a Swifty? No, look, here's the thing that you should all think about with Taylor Swift, all right? According to Colin, Colin, Colin Coward, I saw a thing today, he... She has been on an average of 25 seconds a game. That's mm-hmm. shorter than a 30-second commercial for DraftKings with Jamie Foxx telling us that we're betting with the king, okay? Which, and those, if you don't think those things are annoying. He said that during the course of a three-and-a-half-hour football broadcast, there's 18 minutes of real football, and yet nobody's turning away. So stop with the Taylor Swift hate. Stop with the nonsense and the conspiracy theories and all this stuff. It, it, she's there because CBS... Part of the reason is they're they're televising the Grammys, okay, and she's going to be at the Grammys. How many times do we see Fo- you know, a Fox broadcast? There's the star of the new Fox show, Cruds, some guy you've never seen. Make sure you tune in after the game. So it's like, come on, stop it. The only thing, the only prop I care about is the length of the national anthem because I can't stand long national anthems, and I always bet the over on it because I know that it's going to somebody's going to emote and go over the limit. They're going to emote. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I'm I'm with you a thousand percent on Taylor Swift. It is the biggest non-issue ever. Yet there are people. I can't take it anymore. I'm not watching. I'm like, so you'd rather they cut away to the fat guy with no shirt chugging mm-hmm. beer. That's more. You don't have any issues with that. But this is a problem for you. You're going to not watch football anymore. Are you that soft? It's yeah. Path- it's pathetic. But it's it's it. And by the way, you don't hear people complaining about as, as Coward says. Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. You don't hear people complaining about Spike Lee. You don't hear people complaining about Alt Drake when he's at a game. And when Jack Nicholson was there at the, during the Lakers games, you always wanted to see Jack cheesing it up. <laughs> but this happens to be somebody who has a different chromosome than we do. So there's a lot of people out there that just don't like that. And that's about them, not about Taylor Swift. Yeah, the late boy, you watch a Lakers game, they'd spend the whole time yeah. panning to the audience. Hey, there's Adam Sandler. There's uh, Jack I, Nicholson. Hey, yeah. there, there's Diane Cannon. I never, there's, minded, I never minded the Diane Cannon shot. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it, it, it is such a weird thing for people to rage about, but whatever. It's uh, So going going into this, what, what was your... Uh, what was your feeling? I can't remember your feelings on Purdy and, and if your opinion changed at all because it was a tale of two halves for the whole team. That 49ers defense was terrible in that first half. Their offense was not good. Purdy didn't have a good half. But then the second half, everything changed, including Purdy going 13 for 16, uh, some amazing scrambles. I mean, it's just he's he's a polarizing guy. But where where did you fall after that game when it, in regards to him? Look, this, this whole thing about people being game managers – 
he's not just handing the ball off 47 times. He has to make plays. He has to make throws. Now, I got bailed out by the, the Detroit Lions defensive back that thought that he could catch a football with his face mask, and it bounced <laughs> into the hands of, was it Ayuk or, or Sandy? I can't remember it was what Ayuk. it was. Ayuk. So, you know, he, he can make the throws. He's a good quarterback. Is he the greatest quarterback of all time? No. But he's got great weapons around him. He can distribute the ball well. The offense is great. And, and he's in the Super Bowl. And so you say, the guy's got to be good at something. This isn't a Trent Dilfer Super Bowl situation where all he had to do was make sure he didn't turn the ball over and then let the defense hold the other team to five points. He's a good player. Uh, he didn't, cha- didn't change at all. I, I, I think he's a good player. He's a, and, and he was the last player drafted, and he's, he's in the Super Bowl. This is a tremendous story. If he wins it, it will be unbelievable. Yeah, and last week it was the number one matchup, or oh, I guess number two pick in the draft. Goff was no, he was number oh, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. this he was, was number so one. one. Yeah, in the last, so very cool. I, I the guy, he just seems like he. Uh, well, we heard from Mark uh, Schlereth that he's got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, and you know sometimes he'll express that a little bit, but. Um, yeah, as far as uh, him not being an athlete, and that was one of the things I wrote down. Somebody said, "Yeah, for a guy who's not very athletic, I mean, this he was outrunning everybody on the on the defense at one point uh, on the 49er defense, and I, I feel like that part has gotten also sort of over overplayed, kind of like your your uh, the the hatred for Taylor Swift." Yeah, and that's the thing. We've got a twenty four seven. We've got a 24-7 news cycle. We've got a, a whole group of, of people that have to talk about different things. So they always have to come up with the ultimate up or down on every single player. And the way I look at it is teams win the Super Bowl in, in football. Granted, Joe Montana was outstanding, and it was amazing to watch uh, him operate. Same thing with Brady. But you got to have everybody else doing well, too. And, and we saw that the Chiefs, they didn't make the mistakes. The Ravens did. We saw that the, the, the Lions couldn't close it out after getting a big lead, and the 49ers did. So, you know, the teams won those games, and it's great to have good players on the teams, but if you don't have both sides working and then the special teams not screwing up, you're not going to win a Super Bowl. So who do you like? Because the Chiefs, again, are an underdog. I was a little surprised because I thought their win was more impressive going on the road against a Ravens team that was about as close to dominant as the NFL had this year and doing what they did to them versus no disrespect to the Lions. But, you know, that was more of a shootout that came down to the end. So what what's your feeling about the matchup? I, I, I said it last week, and I'm going to say it again this week. I cannot see myself betting against Andrew Reid and Pat Mahomes. And it's the kind of things where you say, I'm going to, I'm going to ride them until I can't ride them anymore. So if they lose the Super Bowl, then okay, I was wrong. But I, I just think Andy Reid sitting back looking at what the Lions did to that defense in the first half. And even in the second half, they were successful in some, you know, they got that, oh, by the way, touchdown at the end, but they moved the ball. So I think Andy Reid sitting back going, we're going to put up 35 on these guys. And the Chiefs have a better defensive backfield than they had last year. Their defense held Baltimore to 10 points, forced two crucial turnovers, when uh, three crucial turnovers, excuse me, forgot about the fumble by Jackson on the strip sack. So this is, this is a better defense than they had last year, and I think with Reed running the offense and having two weeks to come up with it, I think that it's just Kansas City. And yeah. then I think Reed retires. Oh, really? Oh, you think so, huh? Hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, he's he's been at it he's for a long 66 time. 66 in March. Yeah. Hey, um, one of the things I love is the quarterback accuracy contest for the Pro Bowl weekend. And I thought it was cool. Like, I remember three, four years ago when, remember, Russ just went and nailed it. I mean, he yeah. killed it. He hit, like, every single target. But And I, I've always enjoyed that. Um, anything else that, that you like about Pro Bowl weekend, or do you just not even pay any attention to that? I don't watch a second of it. I pay no attention to it. None of all. the skills competitions, <laughs> nothing. Not nothing. What sure. about what's yeah. that tone of voice? Uh, well, what about when no. there was they were actually hitting each other? I watched it, yeah. I, and you rooted. For, I rooted for the NFC because I was an Eagles fan. Yeah. You, you wanted to see your team do well, but that stopped about twenty five years ago after the guy got blasted on the punt return, and and didn't he get his face mask broken or something? I don't know, but. It was it that was that was the end. So now we're playing flag football, and guys are jumping onto into ball pits, and they're running through cardboard boxes, and and we're get them. And, and we're and, and by the way, we're reaching Manning saturation. Okay, we're oh. reaching Manning saturation. <laughs> yeah. We don't need to see these two knuckleheads hamming it up on the sidelines for yeah. a game. <laughs> we, we just don't. Oh, I love it. Uh, your tone of voice when Dave was asking you that. Mm-hmm. I don't watch any of it. You, you're like Belichick. I don't know. I don't watch yeah, any of that stuff. No, no. I mean, seriously, that is just so ridiculous. <laughs> he is El Hombre. Michael Bradley is with us each and every week. You find him here every Tuesday at 5 o'clock, or you can find him on Twitter at Daily Hombre. At Daily Hombre is where you find him on Twitter. Michael, as always, we appreciate it. Great stuff. We'll talk again next week. So long, suckers. <laughs> like, his, total, his, his energy level went from 10 to... Two when you asked him about that, mm. I don't, I don't watch that. I don't know. Yeah, it, <laughs> I mean, it's that part of it's not really much of a show. Um, I'll, I'll still watch it. The actual because, game part of it, yeah, yeah, the, like football game. But, um, but how frustrating was it to watch guys in pads that didn't yeah. really need pads? <laughs> yeah, that was worse. That was way worse. And yeah. then the other things, I don't really like any of the other things other than the accuracy yeah. uh, deal. But he's right. They do run. There's a part where they run through like cardboard walls and, you know, jump into a pit of little balls and <laughs> things like that. Uh, the uh, dodgeball thing, I think, yeah. is, is ridiculous. I give him credit for trying different. Than, all right, we're not going to play the game. Finally, we've given in. Let's try some other stuff. I don't know what's coming back this year versus last year. But the, the quarterback accuracy thing to me is I love that. Is nuts. I, I, like I think it. it's awesome. Especially, yeah. you know, the the moving targets and basically and that's what we talk about all the time. Like Russ was one of the best deep ball throwers. Oh, I, I, I can think, tell you what's coming back if you want to know. What is it? Say again. We have uh, I have a full schedule of events for oh, we want to know. Okay. We have precision passing, best catch, closest to the pin you're just driving golf balls golf. for some reason. Yeah. yeah. Uh, high stakes, starting with a football in a, each hand. Each player will attempt to catch punts from a jugs machine. Uh, dodgeball, of course. Kick-tac-toe and snap shots. This new skill will allow long snappers and centers to showcase their oh skills God. by snapping balls <laughs> at targets of various sizes and point values. And Dave Wyman cannot handle that. He's Look excited that. about that. <laughs> Snapping a ball between their legs. Who Coming Thursday that? night is the uh, is the um, the golfing portion. What, what is that new or was that there? No, last year? that's been there. The, yeah, they and it was uh, yeah. They kickers were, and they're on a on a like a. No, that's anyone. Mm. Yeah, they were on a, like a practice range, and then there was a I don't know was it closest to the pen? Is that what you said, Mike? Yeah. So and mm. then yeah. Sunday, not just a flag football game, an epic. 
flag football game. Oh, okay. That's according to the official description. Well, now that you put it that way, I'll be sure to watch. All right, coming up, what does the Mariners lineup look like now with Jorge Polanco involved? We'll get into that next with Wyman and Bob. This is Seattle Sports on 710. Wyman and Bob. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Our thanks to Michael Bradley, El Hombre, who joined us in the previous segment. In case you guys are just tuning in and missed that conversation, it will be on the podcast page after the show at seattlesports.com. Just click on the podcast tab, click on our picture, and it's right there waiting for you. Click subscribe, or as Matt likes to tell you, push subscribe. Push subscribe. That's right. That's right. There will come a time where you will grow tired of having to say that every time. I don't I see it happening. I think Dave's tired of hearing it. I think is what he's really saying there. <laughs> Just be honest with us, Dave. Okay, well, it's starting to sound creepy to me. All right? There. I think it sounded creepy the whole time. Uh, so funny. All right. Uh, so the Mariners, you. the Mariners make a move yesterday, acquire second baseman Jorge Polanco, which most people like with the caveat, assuming his health. He's, that he's got his health. You like what he brings. He's a guy that's got pop. He's a switch hitter, and he can be your everyday second baseman. Now, uh, Justin Hollander was speaking with the media after this move was made and talked about how he sees Polanco fitting in with this team. A couple different reasons. The switch hit is huge for us, the way our team is constructed. To have a guy who's platoon neutral, um, who can hit in the middle of our lineup from either side, uh, is a big advantage for Scott as he stacks the lineup up to be able to go left, right, switch, left, right, switch, and and move the pieces around. Uh, Obviously, a middle infielder who has experience at at a lot of spots on the diamond and can solidify second base for us. Another great fit. Uh, And just what we know about the person, everything we've done on our homework or background says he's a top of the scale leader, great makeup, great human being, great teammate. So really excited about the entire package that he brings to the table. Might be a dumb question. Switch hitters, is that planned? Is, you know, the skipper telling him which one? Are they going off of whatever they, for the, you you know. mean for that day? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's planned for. We're facing a lefty, so yeah. you're going to hit righty. Cal's a switch hitter. So, yeah, depending on who's on the hill. Yeah. I mean, but, I, you know, coaches or players or what if he's like, hey, I know it's lefty-righty, but I can hit this guy. You know, I'm curious. It, it, if that, I don't know. I don't, You mean if somebody just, I feel better from the right side yeah. and I know he's a righty? I don't know. Yeah. I would assume if, if you're established that you'd have the trust of uh, Scott if, if Cal was coming to him saying – yeah, I'm not. My swing doesn't feel right from the from the right handed side. I want to hit right. this guy lefty, even though he's lefty. I don't. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I'm, I'm I curious about that. that. Um, and you're right, probably like the older guys. Yeah, so Polanco, I'm sure falls in that category. I'm sure it doesn't happen very often. But anyway, um, I, I think the the best thing about as far as the injuries, what what kind of put that to rest for me is that he is like a warrior, a guy that is going to play through pain. Somebody texted in like, oh, it's not smart to play through pain, this and that. And I'm like, yeah, but some guys, you know, are like, my hamstring's a little sore, but I can get through it. And other guys with that same injury are like, I pulled my hamstring. I can't go. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's that's just a difference between players to know that he is on the side of, now obviously you don't want him going out there and hurting himself. Yeah, and that's where, Making it worse. Yeah, you make it worse. And that's where the trainers really have to intervene. Yeah. I mean, that's that's their job to 
recognize if somebody's pushing it too far. But the fact that, yes, he has been injured, but he is able to to kind of push through um, just makes me feel better about him as a prospect anyway. Don't you feel like if we get into the season and it's either him, Mitch Garver, or Mitch Hanniger, the day we see him not in the lineup, scratched, he's got a, he's got a foot, he's got a knee, we're going to go... Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> there's going to be that. There's, it, it feels like there's going to be a segment of the fan base waiting on. Told you. Here it is. It's just starting now. Here we go. Three weeks into the season, this guy's got uh, an elbow. Uh, I could not. I won't. I will hate it. I will absolutely hate it for those guys because, especially Hanniger, just the bad luck, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we don't look at him as soft or, oh, I can't go today. My ankle hurts. He, that remember, that guy is a grinder in the offseason. That guy is uh, you can't work harder. Yeah, you remember that uh, off season where he was doing all the MMA stuff, the, the and videos then, that he was, and he had yeah. like a a pull up bar, and he's pulling his legs up, and just yep. all these ridiculous things, and working his tail off, and then you know goes out, and then something like you know you get hit in the face. I mean, what, yeah. is that being injury prone? You got hit no, in the face. He's just remarkably unlucky because he yeah. got hit in the arm last year and it broke his arm. Yeah, I mean it's like what is is that him being fragile? No, it's just it's it's happenstance, but it's just happened to him a lot. Yeah. You know, hit in the face, hit in the seeds, it's just, it leads to a back injury, a surgery. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So hopefully hopefully he can uh he can find it this year. Meanwhile, Jerry on with Brock and Salk talking about how this whole deal came together. Uh came to be, I would say through sheer will on the part of Justin Hollander. <laughs> it was uh you know, this has been a long time in the making. We have had conversations with the twins about Jorge Polanco dating back to 2021. And, you know, we were finally able to get it across the, the line. And, you know, a ton of credit to Justin for hanging in and constantly working the phone and having more conversations about how this could possibly come together than, than is reasonable in any trade discussion. And, you know, in this particular case, it's a, it's a player we just feel fits perfectly in what we're trying to do. Yeah. All right, there you go. So how do you how do you see that lineup? I don't I don't the the one guy I'm actually curious about in this lineup, Dave, is is Ty France. Yeah. Because he was a guy you just kind of slotted in there at three. He was that guy because you knew he was gonna make contact. He wasn't your big power guy, but you you expected twenty plus bombs reasonable, but he's coming off a, a down year. He's working he's working in the offseason. He's working on on everything he can and and is he a guy that's gonna get back to form? Because his spot in the lineup, I I don't really know where they start the season with him. I guess it's spraying how he looks will dictate that, obviously. But as we sit here now talking lineup, I'm like, he could be three, he could be seventh. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know where you put him. And what he does in the off season and how he fits in next year is just as important as any of these, if not more, uh, as far as how Hanniger and Garver and Polanco and everybody else fit in, because that was a that was a big one. You just came to expect Ty France to yeah. just hit, and you know, hopefully. That works when he goes because we know J.P. Crawford went there and to drive line, yeah, drive line, and it helped him. And then he was talking to Ty at the end of the year, so yeah, you can't take any steps backwards, with, you know, with the guys that you have already. We're, we got to go forward, so hopefully that that gets fixed. I don't know. Ty France just seems like one of those guys that's like a gym rat, and he's going to be in there working on it no matter what. Yeah, I, I hope so. I mean, as it sits now, I mean, obviously J.P. Crawford's going to be your leadoff guy. Julio's going to be your two. Polanco might be your third, your three, where normally you'd put Ty. Um, let me see. D- Garver, maybe your your DH coming out at four, cleanup. Mm-hmm. 
Um, fifth. fifth. Cal. Cal would hit yeah. five as I see it now. I guess that's where I'd put Ty sixth right now. Mm. That could completely change. So that's the, he's the wild card. We hope it does. Um, who's that leave? Your two corners. So probably Rayleigh. Rayleigh there. Seven Hanniger. Well, maybe Hanniger. So I, it, health depends. I'll go. I'll go Hanniger, Rayleigh, Rojas slash Urias mm. or Urias or however Urias. you say his last name. That's that's what I would do. Does that sound, how does that sound to you? Yeah, it sounds good. Sounds great. Man. <laughs> you okay with that, Matt? You on board with that? You so good? on board. It yeah. sounds so okay. good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Coming up, uh, it's one of the most intriguing, insightful things we hear all day. What we learn coming your way next with Wyman and Bob. This is Seattle Sports on 710. This is a house of learned doctors. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. What did we learn today? No one's a bigger idiot than me. Stupidity is the easiest way out. Time to become educated on what we were educated on. Yeah, always. What, what did we learn today, Levko? Uh, well, you know, it's a Tuesday, so the guy we're going to hear from at 6, you always have to worry about, Mark Schlereth, when he joins the show. But today <laughs> we learned that it wasn't Schlereth, it was Wyman who we had to worry about. He was on his best behavior today. There were no no nervous moments, right? Uh, no. Left that to me, I guess. Apparently, there's. I took that dump button. We now. don't need to talk about this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I did like how Matt came in to to bring it to your attention. Like, that, what did you say? That was probably not a great idea. Huh? So, that didn't seem like a good idea, did it? <laughs> yeah. And I was, was that a smart thing to do, I Dave? In, <laughs> I was entirely bolivious to what he was talking about. We had a we had a coach that said that this is ferocious, and he's entirely bolivious <laughs> to what's going on around him. Uh, uh, yeah, I didn't even know what you were talking about at the at that time. Then during the break, it was like, oh, it was that. I didn't know. I couldn't say that. <laughs> that one slipped There's by a, me. I didn't even hear you say it. Really, you know or, what's funny is I've never really used that expression. And somebody who's a huge fan of money. <laughs> yeah. And today felt like a good time to start, or what? It just, you know, it just happened. <laughs> I'm going to go Lupinella. It's just one of those things that happened. I will say, to Dave's credit, I can only think of one other time that I've had to use the dump button on him, and there were extenuating circumstances that we cannot go into on the air. Oh, even I'm intrigued to hear hmm. this story. Yeah, <laughs> which, I've told you this story one? several times, and the fact that this is also going to be a new experience for you. Is I fun. just need, <laughs> I just need a little hint. This because be a new there's actually a, a number of times that I can remember. Anyway. It was on a Seahawks broadcast, and you mispronounced someone's name at the end of the broadcast. Oh, wow. Boy, there are more than Whose I thought. Whose name? <laughs> Do you know the proper name? <laughs> I can say the name. It was Dory Monson. You were talking to him at the end of a Seahawks broadcast, oh. and you got your words mixed up, and it was really fun. I really liked that one. Yeah, but I didn't say what you think I said. I have the audio. It's a great conversation All right. with everyone else. I'll, I'll we'll, listen to we'll, it We'll hear it off the air. But yeah. it was Dory's name that he messed up? Yes. No. He was talking to Dory, and right before he said Dory's name, he messed it up in such a way mm. where the words got mixed around, mm. and he said a no-no. Okay. I look okay. forward to hearing that well, off well, there. I, I have another one with Dory. <laughs> I've got another one. So there's a, there's a choice there. 
Um, all just, right. Outside of Dave's foul mouth, what else did we learn about Lefko? Yeah, we learned more about Wyman, though, obviously. Uh, we learned that obviously. he doesn't listen to any of us. You can find tickets and info at seattlesports.com slash events. And I believe our guy Adam Ray, didn't he tell us he was going to be presenting an award there or something? Is it? I don't remember him saying that. Yeah. I just remember that uh, K.J. Wright's hosting the whole thing. I oh. remember him saying right? that. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. He did say something about it. Yeah. You yeah. do or you don't remember? I do remember. Yeah. Well, good for Dave, him. Dave was ignoring him. So. <laughs> won't watch his documentary. I don't know why he hates Adam Ray so much. Yeah, he won't watch his documentary. He doesn't listen. listen to him. Yeah. There's Jeez. certain people I just block out. And then he looked at both of you. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Actually, we found that out on Friday. <laughs> Some people I don't listen to at all. The video. Going back to look at that video was hilarious. Uh, <laughs> no, Adam Ray, I don't know. I don't remember. I don't necessarily remember that one. That he was giving. Yeah, it just didn't register. Yeah, it's all right. Adam gets on a roll sometimes. It's just a stream of consciousness. So yeah. you don't pick up everything. Yeah. What else did we learn? Oh, now I want to bring up Friday again. But now... <laughs> Okay. Do That's we have fine. time? No, no, no. Uh, okay. Well, Wyman, you did want to make it clear that uh, you were never a nerd. We learned that. Madden, and did you even know how to play Madden? No, I don't. I mean, I yeah. I don't play I don't. video games. So. Yeah. <laughs> you know why? Because you're a grown man. <laughs> well, I am a child, but uh, yeah, yeah. I, you know, it's it, it just doesn't. Just not of interest to me. Yeah. Boy, Dave taking shots at everybody behind the glass right now. <laughs> I'm looking at a bunch yeah. of 20, 30-somethings, you know, in there, and i just giving them a shot there. I like it. Taylor was back there at the time, and all their heads popped up like, oh, yeah, okay. They're like prairie dogs. I mean, he's 100% right. I can't. I can't fault him on that. I do play video games. It does make me a loser. I'm not proud of it but I'm probably going to go home tonight and play the most recent Assassin's Creed game. He's right. I, I, I can't argue with him. Lefko, are you a video game guy? I can't argue guy? with a guy who knows himself. Uh, I will say I haven't really played a video game since they stopped making NCAA football. And now we think, we hope, it's coming back this summer. They stopped making NCAA football? Oh, yeah, the big licensing issue. Oh. And, yeah, that was back in 2014, the very last edition there has of not been NCAA more since football. Then. Yeah, it's been a decade. Wow. It's well, been can a they, long slog. Can they to bring get it here. back with all the NIL? And- That's been the whole sticky situation of they thought they had it, and then there's new licensing agreements to get in. And now, supposedly, EA Sports says, yes, it's coming out this year. But a highly anticipated release date never happened, so mm. who knows? So Theoretically, the, it's back. That's the only video game you play. No, but it was all like sports video games primarily. But you haven't played anything since then? No, wow. not regularly. So I have old Xbox 360 games from like 2014. You know, I, I was trying to think of ways to get, you know, these guys the name image licensing. And it uh, seems like a video game would be perfect. You know, a good good way to, hey, we're going to pay you this amount of money and you're going to be on this game that everybody plays. Seems like they would have filled out filled that out by now. Yeah, is that is that because of the O'Bannon brothers suit? Yeah, that's that? kind yeah. of what led to all that. And then remember them from UCLA. I do. Yeah. Well, I think they were then going to be very careful about. Hey, 
if we open this can of worms, this was pre all this NIL legislation oh, yeah, passing. Yeah, so right. now that they have this, it's, well, do we have to make individual licensing agreements with each school? But then what about the players? And, uh, you know, do the players have a union that they might get a specific cut? So uh, it's been a couple, uh, couple of long, long processes to get through all this. You can't wait to play again. I'm very excited, yeah. Taylor's not here, but I get the sense he plays all the time and plays all kinds of games. Right, That's his thing. Remember Taylor had a thing on Thursday nights when we do the Thursday night show where he would play like FIFA soccer or whatever against uh, against a player. Yeah, Seahawks yeah, players. That was like a, a segment that we would do. That was it's cool, good way to get to know, uh, you know, one of the one of the guys. Yeah, was, all the all they're all into it. They're all into video oh, yeah. games. Half Big the time, time when you ask them what what do you like to do off the field, uh, you know, hang out, video games. <laughs> it's always it's was, always part of the answer. That's pretty funny that story Mark told today where the guy, you know, did, didn't know who he, he was. Oh, right. You right. Know? And he's like, well, my name's up uh, on this plaque. There's a and, picture uh, of me in that building that you've been in. Yeah. <laughs> won three titles, but yeah, you know. What else? Uh, well, we also, we know that Wyman hates technology, but then we learned that uh, it kind of took a dark turn. Yeah, it was disappointing to me that that many people went to the Peacock uh, stream because Most streamed event yeah. ever, and and I missed the entire first half because of uh, uh, a company I won't name. Dave and technology. There were goons, there they, were goons involved. They've no got a rough relationship it. with technology. Well, and Michael, yeah, it well, sees me were, coming. You were trying to watch it on Pigeon, right? Instead <laughs> of Peacock? You know, the funny thing is I called them and, and they're like, yeah, you have it for free. And I'm like, how come I can't get on? Well, I don't know. Let's walk through this. Um, <laughs> anyway. Uh, what, but what if somebody did die because of a, a big collision I'm, I'm like i don't know morbidly maybe that would be almost more intriguing to people that you think man somebody might actually die how is that part funny no i don't know how you made that turn of peacock into that question pigeon so we learned maybe when he used pigeon that that triggered it i didn't say it was funny i said it took a dark turn yeah it was an interesting choice mike <laughs> <laughs> we learn you uh you want that gladiatorial spirit back. <laughs> gladiatorial. Ooh. Mm. Word of the day. I don't think I've heard that one before. Gladiatorial. Yeah. Nice. Of nice. gladiators. Yeah, I, I, I get I get <laughs> oh, the that in pertaining to gladiators. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah, uh, did we it. learn anything else? No, that's it. <laughs> All right, everybody, that does it for us. I want to thank our guests today. Really good stuff today out of Dan Hayes, Mark Schlereth, and, of course, Il Ombre. Michael Bradley, if you missed any of those conversations or any of the show, you can find it on the podcast page at seattlesports.com. Just click the podcast tab, click our picture, and it's right there waiting for you each and every night after the show. Click subscribe. That way you can ignore all of this in the future. Have a great night, everybody. We're going to be back tomorrow right here with Wyman and Bob, Seattle Sports on 710.